At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. This is your boy, DJ Barbecue, with another edition of BTC Live. BTC Live is powered by KBAC.Rocks, rock radio the way it should be. Also sponsored by Midwest All Pro Wrestling. Feel the excitement. And then, by the way, if you're bored and you're listening, go get a White Claw, because there ain't no laws when you're drinking the claws. Okay, we got a really special guest here today. Uh, we got our another co-host that's been here on several shows, uh, David Tigerman Smith. David, Tiger. Yes. Thank you for coming in today. Uh, you also have a special guest that you brought in. Why don't you tell I us in, about him? We have uh, Mr. Cole Dawson. This is the guy when uh, when I was in the height of uh, of pro wrestling. We would uh, always spend, you know, hours just talking about wrestling, always be at his house, eating pizza. Uh, yeah, he is actually the brother of Candice LeRae and brother-in-law of Johnny Gargano. Well, thank you for that introduction, Dave. I, I appreciate that you skipped over all the wrestling stuff that we did at my house. That was yes. fun because back in those times, you weren't allowed to talk about being a backyard wrestler. But, uh, yeah, that's how we started in the wrestling business. I bought a wrestling ring and... Uh, you and a handful of other guys that were already trained professional wrestlers were kind of a part of the crew and taught me and uh, Candice LeRae how to wrestle, and we've been going ever since, and she made a career out of it, and uh, so I guess I get to talk to you guys. <laughs> so uh, so there, there you have it. I want to point this out, that I actually have credit in helping train Candice LeRae. <laughs> yes, yes, I just gave you some of that credit. <laughs> So some of the viewers and listeners don't know Cole as much as they know the Tiger Man. Cole, why don't you give them a little backstory about what influenced you and what gave you that 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 flu of professional wrestling, if you want to put it in that concept, uh, and what got you started in professional wrestling? That's a great question. I really appreciate you said some of the people don't know who I am. That's fantastic. <laughs> that means that somebody does, and that's great. Um, I just, uh, it was one of those things, I had some older cousins, uh, they were wrestling fans, and um, one weekend I think we were watching, my, my parents took my cousins in for the weekend, and my older cousin always watched the WWF, and um, it was one of those things that parents were like, ah, maybe we shouldn't let them watch that, but they were, he was watching it out in her living room, and I was kind of peeking around the corner, and I see Earthquake run in the ropes and squashing a giant snake in the middle of the ring and then making snake burgers and stuff. And I'm like, oh, what is this? I need to watch this. And that, you couldn't stop me from trying to find me some Bret Hart and uh, Hulk Hogan and, and just watch and every Monday night trying to keep my TV turned down so that I didn't get caught staying up past my bedtime watching you know, Monday Night Wrestling and after that, there was just, yeah, there was no stopping me. It was just nonstop wrestling as much as I could get my hands on. Very and then as I got older, when I went to high school, um, Dave's tag team partner at the time, Handsome Johnny Starr, uh, went to high. He was in the marching band with me, of all things. And I think, like, the very last day of school, I wore a WWF shirt to school. And he goes, hey, you like wrestling? And I said, yeah. He's like, dude, well, I'm a professional wrestler come to my house and hang out. And we went over to his house and we started jumping around on trampoline. He started showing us how to do body slams and suplexes and that kind of thing. And then we just started spending uh, after school times and weekends at his house doing wrestling matches on trampoline. And then when we graduated, we bought, we both had a uh, good paying family business jobs. And so we bought a wrestling ring for $5,000 and put it up in my backyard and, just started training, and um, I went. To, I graduated with uh, T.J. Perkins at high school in uh, at Poly High School in Riverside, California. Here, 
And um, so we have two WWE superstars from right back-to-back graduating classes <laughs> at uh, Riverside Poly High School. But there were actually about six or eight people that went to our high school that were nearby that were training at the wrestling school in San Bernardino here in California, Jesse Hernandez's school. So that, that was it. I had an in, and my sister never stopped. And so it worked out pretty good for her. Um, and now I'm here talking to you guys. Very cool. Uh, but both you, Tiger Man, and Cole, you can give the, the viewers and listeners a little example. Like, I'm from the, the upper Midwest, so the wrestling, mm-hmm. like, feeling and atmosphere is a little different. Why don't you give them a little, like, example of how it was, how that wrestling scene was down there where you guys are from? You know, SoCal was very interesting when we started. It's funny, um, back in the eight, 70s and 80s, this was like, where Roddy Piper and, and the Guerrero family like became famous was out here in Southern California because there's a big Mexican population here. So Lucha Libre style is really big in Southern California. It's actually a really cool place. I'm, uh, uh, once my sister got more advanced in the business and she moved to the East Coast, like we didn't realize that on the East Coast and the rest of the country, like they don't do Lucha at wrestling. It's like we do Lucha in wrestling school in Southern California. So like we learned all the styles together because we also had uh, New Japan or Antonio Noki build a wrestling school here in LA while right about in the hype. So we had the best Lucha Libre, the best of Japanese wrestling and the best American style wrestling all right here in Southern California. But what was crazy is like nobody really knew about Southern California, but we had like the perfect, perfect melting pot of all the styles of wrestling here. So if you started here, you really got to learn everything, which is why now you see guys like Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. They're like the, some of the best professional wrestlers in the business, most well-rounded. They can wrestle anybody and make them look good because they got a lot of training in all the different styles here in Southern California. I'd like to add that uh, in like the early 2000s, the mid-2000s, uh, SoCal had pretty much AEW shows before there was an AEW, and we had them pretty much weekly. Yeah. Was that the 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 P, PWG? Uh, no, this was before PWG. Okay. PWG helped usher it in, but we were yeah. having like those matches, and there were quality matches too. We had yeah. you know every uh, every couple months a new promotion would pop up and have a yeah, whole new supercard. Okay. We we had Jack Evans before, you know, Jack Evans. Uh, he was uh, yeah. wrestling for Pro Wrestling War, and they actually made him the new Blitzkrieg. Okay. Which was a WCW wrestler that had a handful of matches there, but he was very impressive. Uh, we, we had all these names in SoCal before they were big, and, uh, you know, the talent was still there. It, it was an amazing time for SoCal wrestling. And uh, we, we will never be at the height of that again. You don't think that it would ever come back to that? Just like, you know, you're kind of having this evolve, um, and no pun intended to the promotion out in the East Coast, but you have this evolving um, thing that's happening now with all these promotions. Uh, now that, you know, AEW is involved in this uh, with WWE, which, you know, competition is always, always great. And also, you know, controversy creates cash. You know, the shout out to Eric Bischoff, uh, my friend's uncle. Um, the one thing is, is that do you feel you guys feel like that could evolve from what you guys had back then? I, I think it will always be good, but I don't think I think this was just, you know, the stars aligning and everything's in motion and stuff like this. But this was like this was the the best time for SoCal indie wrestling. Yeah, in I, my think opinion. Part, part, I think part of the evolution has been that now that, they, now that the internet exists, it's a little easier for people to get the word out about their wrestling stuff. Um, so we had, like, I, he's not exaggerating, Dave, like, the Tiger Man, there were literally dozens of pro- wrestling promotions in Southern California you could wrestle for. And I think something like that is possible. There's actually quite a few now. Um, but the, the problem is the pay scale on the East Coast is enough where you can make a living and you can move to the East Coast and actually make a living as a professional wrestler on the independence, whereas in Southern California, you're lucky if you're getting $50 a night. Like, that's really like that a big of a difference? Yeah. 
Yes, on the East Coast, when you start out, if you're the lowest guy in the card, you're getting 50 bucks a night, period. On a Wednesday night, you're getting 50, 60 bucks to wrestle. So if you wrestle four nights a week, you can make three or 400 bucks. You can sell T-shirts and do all that. And then, like, a lot of the place, a lot of guys, they basically buy these giant houses and they treat them as dorms, and it'll be six or eight wrestlers living together. And so you can, and they just kind of travel, and they hit all the shows. But, like, there's nothing like that on the West Coast, and there's not, like, there's no wrestling promotion in Vegas or in Phoenix. Like, if there were big time for wrestling promotions all around, if we could set something up like that, then we could make SoCal viable again. But, I mean, SoCal isn't completely dead because at least now there's two big nationally known promotions with Bar Wrestling that's run by Joey Ryan and with Pro Wrestling Gorilla is still going strong. They sell out in five minutes every time still. So it, it, there, there's some viability here, but the problem is all those wrestling promotions are flying the same indie wrestlers in from the East Coast. They're not using local talent very much. Now, those two I think... promotions that you said, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Dave. Um, but those, oh, bar wrestling? But those two promotions that you said, is that kind of similar because of my friend that's down at Championship Arizona, um, wrestling of Arizona, and then they have that Championship Wrestling of Hollywood. Is that kind of in that same concept? <laughs> well, no, those are completely different. The okay. Championship Wrestling guy is somebody who thinks – Dave Marquez is the guy in charge of that, and he thinks that professional wrestling died in 1981 when Ric Flair was champion. Okay. And so he's still trying to recreate something that's from 1981, and more power to him. That's what he loves. That's his thing. But he's doing something completely different. He's doing a studio-style 1981, like, corny, cheesy, old-school wrestling okay. thing, which is great. It works for him, and I have a lot of friends that work with that. And, I just um, didn't know, and I figured I'd ask that question for the people that are there. But I mean, yeah, PWG and Bar Wrestling are like more like the the indie independent style AEW matches. Like the 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 more it, they're like the the Young Bucks and um, Joey Janela and those kind of guys. It's more okay. that kind of style. Um, I mean, it, Joey Ryan, who is the king of of dong style, that he's the you know he, he's the guy in charge of Bar Wrestling. Bar Wrestling's kind of set up. As a giant party atmosphere, just everyone show up. They don't even have seats. Like, it's literally just at a bar. Everyone shows up. Let's get drunk. Let's just have fun. Let's have a wrestling show in the middle of the, the dance floor. Like, cool. Okay. And it's it's really a cool atmosphere. It's a lot of fun. But they're just bringing in the big independent stars. And, and they just, you know, there's really no stories or anything. They just go out. Let's have a wrestling show. Let's get drunk. And everyone have fun. It's really fun to go to. Right on. So, Tiger Man, you wanted to say something. Sorry that I interrupted you. Yeah, I think uh, one of the, the, the better uh, promotions in SoCal, too, is Lucha Vavoom. Yes. Uh, I, I think it's it's something that's very different, and no one else is even coming close to having something like that. Yeah, and they draw big crowds, too. Like, they're, they're drawing yeah. a couple thousand people. I mean, they're, they do well. Wow. Yeah, and I, I love the art on the, their posters. It's just... Yeah completely old school lucha and it's entertaining and it's amazing um i actually have a friend that used to do uh, a lot of their older um posters uh rafael navarro he also uh worked a lot on the uh, batman animated series cartoon uh like all the buildings in the background and stuff he's the one that designed those for the cartoon oh, he also cool. animated for uh for rugrats and all this so you they they uh they know quality stuff and they will get the best people to help with that promotion so that, that's one thing that really uh, sets Lucha Room out from every other Lucha show in SoCal. So you guys have uh, been in the evolution there out there in SoCal. Um, let's go to the other perspective here. Now, you know, you had the, the whole Monday Night Wars and you had that competition and you didn't really know because you didn't have the, the access to like what we have today with all the social media to know all these other promotions that are out there. And there's a lot of them from independent to lower independent to higher ones to the, the big leagues. Um, and, and that's even overseas. Uh, what's your feeling about with all these, um, and I'll let you guys talk about this because um, you have the experience. What do you feel about this whole, you know, raw being on, on USA still, and then they're moving SmackDown to, to Fox to AEW going to TNT, which is the old territory of uh, WCW. And then you got Impact Wrestling, parent company Anthem that just bought uh, Access TV, which has Ring of Honor, which has WOW Women of Wrestling, which has New Japan Pro Wrestling, 
uh, what what do you guys feel and discuss this about what this means as professional wrestlers and also means as professional wrestling as a whole? Uh, I, I guess I'll I'll start this off. Um, as a as a wrestler, um, the, you can never go wrong with more places to work. Uh, you you can never go wrong with building up your resume. Um, so that that that's just pluses on them, you know. Uh, more people see you, more shirts you get to sell, the higher your booking fee, et cetera, et cetera. It's just amazing. As a fan, you're getting all this wrestling, and you get to watch it. It's like it's it's like how uh, for decades long the the Law and Order fans, you know, they 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 got it like all handed to them. Where it's Law and Order, Law and Order S. SVU. Anytime you want to see Law and Order, you could put on the TV and watch it. Right now, wrestling fans get that. Yeah, it's in the syndication and stuff like that. Yeah, I see your. Yeah, it, it is really awesome. Like there was a long period of time, like from, you know, back back when Vince McMahon started WWF, he took over and he started everything. Basically, everywhere you went, every part of the country, every state, like they had their own professional wrestling. Like if you if you grew if you were up in in the Minnesota area you watched the AWA if you were northeast you watched WWF if you were down south you either watched the NWA or you watched Georgia Championship Wrestling or you watched in Dallas you watched the Von Erichs and then once Vince McMahon took over he kind of ended up with a monopoly you know as him and the NWA took took half the country sort of and the NWA became WCW and then that was kind of it like for indie wrestlers you couldn't make any money that was kind of the biggest problem for like Dave and I when we got in the business you couldn't make any money and so like I you know I don't I, I know we both kind of petered out after a while but like I had kids I had a family I, like I couldn't just keep not making any money as a wrestler you know, I had to focus on my job and everything. And then now, like, you don't even have to be with one of these companies that's on TV. You can make six figures. So it's great for the wrestling business. There's, I have so many friends that are making a living now. They don't, you know, they don't have to have a real job. They, they get to make money being a professional wrestler. And I think that's great for everybody that's in the business, that everyone can make a living. There's plenty of money to go around. If there, if you don't like WWF, you can watch Ring of Honor. If you don't like Ring of Honor, you can watch New Japan. Like, there's something for everybody, and I just love where the business is at right now. Right, right. You know, the, there was this uh, person that released this information, and I don't think anybody's confirmed it quite yet, and I know that uh, Impact hasn't said anything publicly on any of their social media accounts. But there's a, a rumor going around that Impact's interested in buying Ring of Honor. Uh, and the only reason why I'm bringing that up is since you guys are, you know, prof in the professional wrestling industry uh, and you have t also other ties to it, too. Um, do you think that's a, a positive? And what do you think they should do? Because there's an option of uh, part of that rumor is that they were going to do two separate shows. They'll they're kind of like a, a, a Raw and SmackDown concept, but it would be your Impact and your Ring of Honor on different days what do you feel about that is that good because i feel like that'll be the first time ever you have four major companies i think right now impact has to build up a lot more than just being on the pursuit network in order to even be good or bad they they need exposure they need a tv deal they need uh their their stuff to be more easily accessed to get fans before it can be a good thing you know what i mean Right. Yeah, the, one of the things that unfortunately has kind of happened with AEW becoming the second big company is they've signed a lot of talent. And then the last few years, WWE has kind of seen this coming where other companies like Ring of Honor and New Japan have really gotten popular. So they signed a lot of talent. And so one of the there's only so much talent to go around right. which is one that was one of the reasons that the territories died out because Vince McMahon bought everybody and so there was no one to draw money anymore on these little territories and so what we're kind of seeing unfortunately what's going to happen now is that independent wrestling is going to the cycle is going to cycle back down and it's going to kind of die back down again because there's not going to be anyone to go to these shows to draw the card Right. anymore so uh, unfortunately i feel like it's going to hurt indies but especially if ring of honor or impact really wants to step up and be that third or fourth option they got a long way to go like there's a long drop off between 
WWE and then where AEW is, there's a really big drop-off to get down to Ring of Honor and Impact. And because Impact was just so badly managed for so many years. Like, right. I, we were still hanging out when, when TNA started. And, and I remember Dave and I would be recording shows and, like, bringing it over and, like, hey, man, you got to see this three-way. Oh, you gotta it see it was our, our favorite. What was that, that uh, match? It was uh, AJ Styles, Jerry Lynn, and... Loki. Low-key, yeah, that, that three oh. That was, like, our favorite match at the time. Yeah, for sure. For, like, a year and a half, that was, like, the best match in a long time. And, and yeah, so, I mean, we used to, every Wednesday, it's like, everyone needs to come over so we can watch, you know, the Impact or TNA, whatever it was at the time. Yeah. And for a long time, it was really good, and it was a viable second option. And then they decided they wanted to hire all the old, retired, like, washed up guys that used to be at WCW or that WWE had just fired and they just kind of ran their product into the ground which is the one the thing I'm most excited about for AEW right now is that they're using a good mix of people who are actually still stars in the business like Chris Jericho and they're using young guys who kind of were big at WWF but never like made the big stardom so people never got sick of them Right. And then they're using all new talent. So these are all people that the, the fans are going to get to know instead of having, like, you know, bu- the, the Dudley boys shoved down their throat again that, who you know, who were big 25 years ago, and <laughs> now they're just fat. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, they, it's like uh, TNA, uh, when it first started, it was uh, they, they, they took what made them special and what made people want to watch them. And then they turned it into what was already around, and it was just a watered-down imitation of it. Right. So that, that's what really killed it. I was just going to say, because I remember when TNA was actually doing, they were doing more pay-per-view type of style shows and recorded them and then putting them out instead of having like that, you know, which they called, uh, well, they ended up calling uh, TNA Impact. They had different yeah. names, subtitles for it. Yeah. But they were here in a, a city that's like a half hour away from me, and they, it was basically all your top WCW guys, the ones yeah. that didn't go over that WWE didn't, you know, do, but they still had contracts from Turner that still had to be paid out. And so that was the allure of it. But then you're right, Tiger, like they started like doing a watered down version um, of what WCW did. And that, I think that's kind of like when they started rolling out, because like you guys said, low key, AJ Styles, Jerry Lynn, I mean, the six sided ring. It was all original, and that what attracted me. Plus the women's division, I always gave respect to uh, to the uh, beautiful people, the two original OGs that were in that women's tag team. Like that was that was that was cool. It was new. It was oh, I want to I want to touch a little bit on uh, on the the women's wrestling and how far it's come since mine and Cole's day. Oh, for sure. Uh, and and Candice LeRae, his sister, is one of the in my opinion, one of the front runners of the one of the people that really changed it. Because uh, back then, when like she first started, it was all about looks. Uh, we'd have like a new female wrestling at EWF, and she wouldn't know a wrist lock from wrist watch. Uh, she'd just be in there, and it was a joke. Candice actually trained to wrestle men. She trained to have good matches with guys. She... She just took that whole cliche thing and actually turned it into wrestling. And I, I feel people started seeing this on the indie shows, and they actually started changing, and they got the desire to like really want to boost it up. So I think Candice is actually one of the founding women of modern women wrestling. Yeah, I, I won't, I won't awesome. disagree with you at all. Yeah. Her <laughs> yeah. popularity was like uh, uh, above most of the male. Uh, independent wrestlers that I remember, because I mean, uh, they, it, I mean, it was unbelievable. You had Joy Ryan type of popularity. You had uh, Adam Cole. You had all these other guys up there, and you know, Candice was right there in popularity. Yeah. I mean, the pop that she got when she debuted in NXT was bigger than most of the other talent that came in previously before her. Well, it was insane. Like, um, I knew when I. I... I was I went to a lot of her matches earlier on um, because there were a little little more spread out, a little fewer and farther between while she was still trying to get a foothold. And I knew she was starting to get over, right? And then she had this match um, 
at one of the local wrestling promotions called AWS. It's Bart Kapitsky. He's a promoter there. Really good dude. Did a lot. He's also did a lot for women's wrestling, specifically in SoCal. But he saw my sister, and he took her and said, hey, I'm going to start doing a women's tournament every single year now. And I'm going to invite all these women from that are spread out around the country, bring them here, and put them in there with Candace, make them all look amazing. And we're going to do this. Well, at one of these shows, she did a hardcore match with this, with um, with a wrestler. I can't remember her name. Um, but she ended up – they both were bleeding, and it was this big match. And then all of a sudden, like, I, you could go on the internet, and you started seeing buzz about my sister everywhere. And then she started – she was doing more and more stuff at PWG. So it had been probably about six or eight months since I went and saw her. And I went and saw her at PWG. And she's in a six-person tag. She's wrestling the Young Bucks and uh, Kevin what Kevin Steen. What is it? Kevin Owen, right? Yeah. And so she's on the she's just like on the apron, whatever. And the match is going on, and the Bucks tagging Kevin Steen. Kevin or Kevin Owens. He comes in the ring. And he goes, "I want to fight the bitch." And he points over at my sister, and all 500 people in this audience jump out of their seats and start chanting, "Fuck him up, Candace. Fuck him up." And I'm like, "Whoa." Whoa. She's gone from like, okay, this little girl's a wrestler, it's cool, to they legit think that my my five foot one, hundred and ten pound sister is going to beat the ever loving shit out of six foot tall, two hundred and eighty pound Kevin Owens. Like I believe it. <laughs> yeah. And that exactly. So like she went she went so far beyond the suspension of disbelief where people legit think she's Rey Mysterio. She's a superhero, she can do anything. And and Dave's right. That's because you know, she didn't take the same approach as most of the other girls that when we were training, they were starting. It's like, oh, it's, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. They, they're pretty. They don't need to learn how to do it right. Just good enough so that they can get in there and have a match. And my sister's we, we goal had, was always, I'm going to be as good as the guys. We, we had failed actresses that also failed at professional wrestling. Uh, I remember when, we, uh, when uh, Candace first started out, there was such a lack of, like, actual talent. Oh. We actually had to uh, train Cole's cousin Shirley. Yeah. To to, yeah, to wrestle with Candice. Yeah, that's legit. Like the first two three years of her career, she only, almost only wrestled my cousin Shirley, and she literally just trained so Candice would have someone to work with. Because at the time she couldn't work with guys. It couldn't do, you know, the a man versus woman match. And then after she did the stuff with the Bucks at PWG, that all changed. Like it changed yeah. the whole business. Legit. After they saw the success of that. Every independent show in America, you could go. They had an intergender match, and right. that's like straight up because of my sister. And I have no yeah. problem saying that. <laughs> so, so I know a lot of people are, you know, giving uh, Becky Lynch, Bailey, uh, Sasha Banks credit for uh, for the the whole new, you know, strides in women wrestling. But nah, in my opinion, it's Candice LeRae. <laughs> well, one hundred percent. I mean, they they did it on the mainstream level, and and realistically, like, I mean, if we want to be real about it. That we have to give Ronda Rousey a huge amount of credit yeah. because in a shoot sport like UFC, she became the biggest star in 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 fighting. Like she was, True, she was yeah. one of only five people who've drawn a million dollar pay million people bought her pay per view. Right. And she's one of only like five people in history of UFC that happened for. And so she changed the idea of what women could do in combat sports. And professional wrestling, even though it's not really a sport, it's kind of seen in the same vein as combat sports as opposed to entertainment. And so once we've seen that, hey, women can draw millions of dollars, so why can't why can't Becky Lynch, why can't Charlotte Flair, why can't these girls do it? So Right. Um, so we'll go on, on another uh, um, spectrum, too. So with the, the, the newly uh, addition of taking uh, NXT – to USA Network from the WWE Network. They've been doing a couple of their, their pre-recorded shows and um, kind of giving people storylines to build up for their debut this this uh, Wednesday coming up here on the 18th on USA Network. I think it's 8, 7 Central is when it's on. Um, a lot of people, because of a certain segment last Wednesday, and and I got permission to ask this question, so there's no questions that I'm not like asking without out having permission because I have a lot of respect for Tiger Man and Cole. Um, I, I want to hear from both of you guys, and obviously Cole, you have a connection to this this question. Why do you think so many people are giving? Uh, and I don't really like saying this because I don't want to do plugs, but yes, he's your brother-in-law. 
why do you think they're giving him such a hard time for deciding to be, and I love the homage to the, the NWO, you know, for life. He decided yeah. to say that he's in NXT for life. Why do you think he's getting that much slack for staying there? <laughs> well, it, it, you know, it's really funny when it comes to, like, sports and people because people always have, like, very contradictory attitudes about the money that comes along with sports. Like, you, know, you hear people all the time like, oh, why wouldn't they take, you know, why wouldn't they take less money and stay at home? You know, why don't they want to win this and that, whatever? And then somebody does it like, my brother-in-law, Johnny's here. Like, look, I feel like this is the best roster in the world. This is a winning team. Yeah, I might make a little bit more money if I'm on the main roster and I'm on WrestleMania and Royal Rumble and all that stuff. But this is a winning roster right here. This is who I want to be with. And I'm going to stay loyal to my brand and I want to stay here. You know, and <laughs> a little bit of it's silly because it's really not up to him if we're going to be honest. Like, Vince McMahon is going to decide who's going to be on what show no matter what, right? Right. <laughs> but... But I understand, like, it's just a weird mentality. It's like, well, you know, if people pass over, like, real money, like, there's this this misconception that if you're on NXT, you're not making any money. And I, and I know that's not true. Like, my, my sister and her husband are doing fine. <laughs> they're, making, they're making enough money. <laughs> they, they, they go on a Disney cruise every other weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like, if you follow their Instagram, you could say they probably are doing okay in the money department. Like, I, I know they're, they're not making, you know, millions of dollars or anything like that, but they're doing fine. You know, they're making more than enough money to make a comfortable living and, and all that. And so there's, you know, it, you, either way, their job is going to be their being a professional wrestler. So you can either be a professional wrestler with the extra added stress and the – and I don't – a lot of people don't know this, but, like, on the main roster – you make more money, but it also costs you more money to be on the main roster because oh, yeah. on the main roster they don't pay they don't pay for your transportation, they don't pay for your hotels, they don't pay for your food. Right. Whereas at least at this point at NXT, like you, you know, you go on the tour bus and then they ha you go to you all stay at the same hotel. They have catering, like so like they're taking care of you on NXT, and and I, I think part of it is because they are paying them less money. Basically, and it's part I put of their it, developmental, so yeah. I put it this way, and I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I put it this no way. Worries. Basically, what your sister and your brother-in-law are making right now would be the basically the same amount of money in some concepts if they go to the main roster because um, they don't. People have to understand this. You have to add in that you know the the ticket prices for the the plane tickets, the the yeah. fuel and gas, the rental car. Uh, or else if they decide to buy a car, and then the maintenance, then the food. Yeah. Like, it, it, and then, you know, obviously, unfortunately, I mean, this stuff happens, but if they get injured, they, you know, got to pay for their insurance. You know, so there's all this other added stuff in there. So basically, it'd be almost like they would be get paid the same amount that they are in NXT in some cases. Just as an example, um, the one thing my feeling is, as I, that says a lot about the character of the individual. I mean, yeah, you know, you said the Vince McMahon, you know, Triple H has, you know, stayed down there. But I tell you what, there hasn't been anybody, and this isn't the, the, the Kiss uh, Tiger's butt, this isn't the Kiss Cole's butt, um, there hasn't been anybody in professional wrestling probably in 10 years that did not have that much um, hype, that much uh, influence to a lot of the, the storylines, true storylines of professional wrestling, like... Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. The absolute two years of a storyline to get to the point where they were at. The storytelling was absolutely amazing. And I'm liking that yeah. he's staying in NXT. There's nobody I'll, else. I'll, I'll have to interrupt you and say this. I don't think they could pick anyone else to be the face of NXT besides Johnny. Right. Uh, he, he's an amazing athlete. Uh, his matches are top-notch. Uh, he's he's the perfect to be the face of NXT, and with him choosing to stay with NXT, that's the choice he's made is to be the face of you know the the, the entire brand instead of being buried underneath Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing that you know I had I had a big problem in that uh, with them moving to USA because I felt like because I have such a su support and respect for Shayna Baszler. Because uh, she's from this my my home state, um, and and I like and I, there's a story behind the reason why they still say Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I, and I love that concept. 
But I would feel like even with, with Johnny or Candice, they wouldn't give them the respect of the hard work on the main roster. They would just get jobbed. Like, they'd get thrown out there like a, a ricochet. You know, I, I just, I don't think they get the, the, the right respect and the right booking. Yeah, I also want to point out one thing. Uh, during the Monday Night Wars, before that, what was WCW exactly? You right. know what I mean? Um, NXT, yeah, it's developmental right now, but let's see where this war takes it because that's going to, like, step them up a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I really, I think legitimately they could step up and be right there with with SmackDown and with Raw on the same footing. I, I, the, the ratings are going to be really interesting to watch for this. It's going to be interesting to see because right now what the numbers that they have is that NXT is the main thing selling the network right now. The WWE network right. is being sold by NXT's popularity. So it'll be interesting to see their actual ratings. How are they going to do on Wednesday night on USA? Are they going to do SmackDown numbers? Are they going to do Raw numbers? Are they going to do something a little bit smaller? Because realistically, it is just a niche audience who likes that style of professional wrestling. It's a little more serious, a little more athletic. To yes. the uh, masses uh, worldwide, more on the network than USA, because USA doesn't have like uh, that global of a. Even if it's satellite dishes, there's there's other markets that they have to go through, you know, for the world yeah. market and and all that. I think NXT for the longest time has been the top promotion. I mean, from all the talent that's in there, the way that they do storylines, how they put this together uh, with, with your brother-in-law, Johnny, now, um, I think that this is a better product than anything that Raw. Um, I know that for right now, uh, NXT is going to be an hour-long live on USA because of commitment for right now yeah. for the next couple weeks because of their other shows that they have to final get final up on Wednesday. Um, and then it goes to the WWE Network, and then after those couple weeks, it'll be the full two hours is what they released just uh, the other day. Um, but I think NXT is far by the, the better brand than all of them. Um, I know I've been really critical on BTC and, and out there in social media about how I, I like AEW, the concept, because it's something new. But I think mm -hmm. NXT is the, the, not to quote, you know, Sheamus and Cesaro, but they they have the bar set really high, especially yeah. with their their takeovers. Um, everybody they, else has chose, to get up there. They they chose NXT to battle AEW for a reason, right? Yeah, they they, they didn't move SmackDown back to to that night. You know what I mean? They they put NXT there, <laughs> right? That, that that that's the thing. That's one hundred percent the thing. So let's see how it plays out and unless you guys know exactly how much Johnny Gargano makes don't mention the paycheck 100% Cole I think that's your spot no I'm just kidding never yeah, mind no that's not my spot <laughs> yeah. that's one, that's joking purposes that's the reason I why know. I said it <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. one of those things even if I did know that, um, yeah you wouldn't yeah, say and I hope like, you wouldn't uh, say I'm just saying here. right <laughs> All of a sudden, you're drinking your coffee, and I mention that you're like, it spits out. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I was just, I was just kidding, kidding yeah, on that. No point. idea, bro. <laughs> um, so, what do you guys feel like? What could happen here? Do you think that there could be this like, um, what do I want to say? Do you think that there might be a possibility that uh, WWE might have shot themselves in the foot for their other main roster shows because of how successful? NXT as a platform is and how much the the roster that they have works their asses off that that will be the interesting thing to see for me I think it's going to come down to can Vince McMahon keep his hands off right is he gonna stay away is he gonna let is he gonna let Triple H do his thing and keep running this thing the way he's you know he's doing it I also feel like one of the things that is going to happen because when you watch NXT's TV show they save a little bit of the athleticism and the big stunts and everything. They save a lot of that stuff for just the takeover. So I think I don't think that the TV show itself is going to be so above and beyond what Raw and SmackDown are in the ring. Where I think NXT is just so much better than the other stuff is that they've been taking their time building these characters, building the storylines, and 
slow playing it so that by the time we actually get to the blow off, we're emotionally invested in it. And my concern is that going to a weekly format where you got to fill two hours of TV every week live, that you can't have Johnny Gargano on TV once a month. You're going to have to put Johnny out there twice a month, three times a month, every week even, because that's especially if they're going to try to get in this ratings war. AEW, I think, is the most important piece here. Oh, I hope AEW they concentrate on uh, Tommaso yes. and Johnny. I hope they do. I, I do too, but my, pro- my my concern is, yeah, it took, what, a year? It Well, realistically, it took, what, four years to build that storyline up to a payoff, and then we didn't yeah. get the payoff because of the in- Tommaso's injuries, But right? I think it worked, though. It, it, it worked. Exactly. Exactly. Well, but that's what worked for WWF in the first place. Like, Hogan and Andre was this big, giant story arc buildup to what was essentially the biggest audience in the history of television. They had like 30 million people watching the main event on NBC. I mean, it's still, to this day, the most watched wrestling event ever in the history of ever. So, and like, now I want to point this out. Yeah. Just one second. I told Charles, I go, I go, you think you, I know a lot about wrestling. <laughs> Wait until you meet Cole. And this is proving my point right, right? now. Right? But I mean, yeah, because they used to take their time to build these stories. Like you remember WrestleMania four where Macho Man won, won the big tournament, right? Him and Hogan celebrated in the ring after, and we had the mega powers. And then they built that storyline from WrestleMania four all the way to WrestleMania five. And it was the biggest WrestleMania ever. It was the biggest pay-per-view buy rate they ever had. It was the big, and for years it stayed that way. We took their time and built the story. Whereas in the, during the Monday Night Wars, we got into the point where, hey, we got to have a pay-per-view every four weeks. Our storylines that used to be six months, boom, now there's four weeks. And so I'm a little worried that, that will, that's going to be the inevitability with NXT being on weekly television is that a lot of these storylines that were really juicy that were stretched out over three, four, five months are going to be compacted down to six-week runs, and we're going to miss a lot of the good stuff. Right. I mean – it, going on the perspective of, of the one that I, I know uh, with uh, Shayna, I don't think she'd be at the point to where she's at, not to take any uh, thing away from her. She's a hard worker and she's a great mm-hmm. individual, but I don't think the storyline's built as a champion. I want to say that they actually did it better with her than they did with Asuka, uh, how they built For her sure. up with this dominant champion that keeps winning. I, that she would Not just because I know her, um, and I don't know her that really on a personal level. I, I've I've talked to her. I met her. I, I know her pretty well uh, from talking to her. But I don't think she would have got a fair share if they would have done it the way they did with Asuka. Um, I like how they how they did it with her. How they built it up with these champions. I mean, yeah, she did lose and then she won again. But I think it's done right, like you were saying with like the old ways that the WWE used to do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, she got the. She, well, she lost, but it was like a fluke roll-up, right? Right, yeah. Like, you know, the, the quick pin, and then she, she beat her up after the match. Like, immediately got her heat back, and then won her title back, and it was fine. No big deal. Um, I, I just, I think, I really liked Asuka's build-up better for me, personally, because I just think Asuka's a little more overall talented. Uh, she's got more, I mean, she's got more ability in the ring, but she's also been wrestling a lot longer than Shayna. Like, people don't realize for, like, two or three, three years at this point and she's phenomenal like most people that have only been wrestling for two or three years can't have a passable tv match like right it's so green and she's phenomenal and she's also one of the best people i've ever met in the business like she's gone out of her way to do things nice things for my kids which is great but bad guy and she's mean right <laughs> but yeah no i agree with you her build-up has been so great and she's been such a dominant champion not only did they make her a big star, but the person who dethrones her, who beats her convincingly, is oh, yeah. instantly going to be a star. I was a little nervous so, yeah, on that. I, I mean, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have someone in mind who I'd like to beat her. <laughs> I think it would be perfect. Yeah, I was a little nervous with uh, Rhea this last uh, Wednesday. I thought maybe they were just gonna go and, and pull that trigger, but they didn't. Which I'm glad they did. Uh, that they didn't do that way. Uh, but I think, you know, the one individual that I'm thinking that you're thinking of that we're all probably thinking of would be a perfect concept. Yeah, well, C- Candace always does better as a as a good guy when she has a bully. 
So if Shayna, if Shayna wants to be a big bully and then they want to make Candice LeRae the, like, I'm never going to back down. I'm not going to give up. Like, one of the, the – she finally got her big match on a takeover. It was great, right? Right. And then she tore the – her and Io Shirai tore the house down. It was a phenomenal match. My favorite thing about the match is that she didn't tap out. She didn't get pinned. She got choked out and fell asleep. Right. right. You know, so already they established that she's not going to give up. She's going to keep kicking out, and she's not going to tap out. So that's perfect build-up going into Shane. I hope she gets some wins along the way if that's the way they're going to go. But <laughs> well, before right now, we... yeah, I think it would be great if she – before we end the show, I want to ask you guys this one. I want to hear from both of you on this. And obviously, Cole, you have a, a closer perspective as well. Uh, what do you think about this concept with uh, with Candace? Candace goes with, with Shirai a little bit longer, beats her. Full, fully clean win. Then Rhea comes in and beats the bully. And then she has to work that and build that up. And then after she wins against Rhea, which I don't know how they would do that, but I'd like to have that as a clean win. Then Candace has that big, huge buildup. Like I'm beating all these bullies. And now all of a sudden here comes Candace out on stage. And Shane is like, who else is going to try to beat? No one else could. I beat this person, this person, and that person. And then, you know, Candace can come out and is like, well, I beat them too. And then, then that's when she goes over and wins the title. I think that would be a huge pop. That's just my opinion. So I'd like to hear what you guys think. Oh, I love it. That would be perfect. I mean, that's that's what you – that's what – to me, that's the lost art in today's TV wrestling. Is You know, when we were kids, you know, back in the 80s and the 90s and that, when we used to watch things, they had guys like that. Like Shawn Michaels – well, let's let's go Bret Hart because Bret Hart at least was the babyface, right? right? Right. So Bret Hart was a tag team wrestler for years, and they got him over as babyfaces. They were the tag team champions. They had a good run. Okay, they split. Then he he came up and he was the Intercontinental. Uh oh. Sorry, I lost him there. You guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry about that. But anyway, so yeah, so Bret comes up and he's the intercontinental champion for he had a nice long run had the great match with roddy piper at wrestlemania 8 and then and, and it, they used to build these guys up for years and we used to know like okay they're the intercontinental champion now that means that they might be the next guy right and that's kind of lost like they just have everybody kind of winning matches losing matches just in the middle of the card somewhere and they're just kind of here and then all of a sudden they win a match or two and then they're in the main event and for the title and here you go we're supposed to care about it so right i, I like your idea i hope they spend you know six months building up because i don't know six months is about puts us at about what april i think that'd be a good time to be the main event on a wrestling card in april i think that would be perfect for like a takeover <laughs> for wrestlemania oh that, that's a brilliant idea i like the way you think <laughs> yeah I, I i think it's awesome and i also know that um that Candice is amazing to, to carry any title, and uh, she does does her best when people underestimate her, and so everyone needs to keep underestimating her, you know? Uh, she's going to prove everyone wrong, like she's always has since the beginning. Right. So. Well, if you guys have anything that's coming up that you guys would like to uh, promote, go ahead and say your piece before we end the show. Uh, thank you. I just want to iterate. Thank you very much, Cole. Uh, you didn't have to do this. And anybody that you know sees him on this show uh, or listens to him, please give him all the respect. I mean, you know, obviously, if he wants you to like his page, you know, follow him, uh, do that. But you know, don't be those those smart marks. Don't be the, the don't be that guy. Is all I'm saying. But Cole, thank you very much. Uh, you know, Tiger Man, thank you for allowing us to have the the honor to have your friend come on also as well. Uh, but if you guys have anything you want to promote, go ahead and use this platform right now. Um, go ahead, Dick. Obviously, this uh, this podcast, when it comes out, uh, listen to it. Um, I'm also going to be uh, in October at WonderCon. Uh, I'm going to be on a panel. Uh, so look that up. Uh, that's about it. Well, yeah, I just want to say thank you. What's that? On the show, I appreciate. Say that again, uh, Cole. You kind of cut out a little bit. Oh, take well, I two. I just want to say thank. You. Wanted to thank you guys for having me on the show. I appreciate any chance I get to uh, talk about my sister Candice LeRae or 
talk about wrestling and whatnot. And because uh, I mean, me, I mean, real, realistically, I'm no, I'm nobody like without my sister. So <laughs> I'm totally fine, you know, plugging her and talking about her any chance I get. And and I appreciate you guys, and I really appreciate Dave. He's been a good friend for a very long time. So thanks for thinking of me and having me on the show. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been too long since we talked wrestling, man, and I miss it. You know what I mean? It's been. Uh... Maybe a decade. Studying I mean? Steve. <laughs> yeah, Studying so, uh, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Studying Steve. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> I just want to li- a li- yep. uh, uh-huh. just clarify. The only reason why I laughed when Cole was mentioning uh, Candace as his sister again is because I earlier before we started the show. I said, if you don't want to name drop, that's fine. He goes, dude, I'm 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 all about name dropping. I'll name drop all day, every day. So I just thought that was funny. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a coincidence that I chose Cole to be on on the uh, the podcast episode about NXT versus AEW. Let's right. put it that way. Right. Well, if you guys want to find this uh, this show on Twitter, you go to all capitals BTC uh, U lowercase N capital C lowercase T capital L I V E on Twitter, or you can go to Coda Bear. Uh, club on YouTube, where you'll find the live shows on that network, which is the Coda I Radio Network. You can also go to btcwrestling.com. Uh, you can join the group if you like to talk wrestling uh, or just like the rib people. Um, but go to there, and you can also see the show there. Uh, like I said, once again, Cole, thank you very much. It's our honor. Uh, Tiger, man, it's it's been an honor and a pleasure again. Uh, if you guys see this, put this in the comments. Below, if you want to see Cole come back on the show, because I'm I'm more than happy. I think this went great. Uh, we can you know if you, we can make him as a regular, and that that's up to you guys. Uh, but uh, my name is DJ Barbecue for Cole and David. Uh, people, have a good night. Peace. Looking at a shooting star Got more than a couple of people going mad I swear they're rooting hard So they might be big in a game Like she went and got them breast implants I said I'm moving too fast Didn't even get